Morning, Destiny Church family. It's great to be with you this morning. As we enter into a time of worship, I would encourage you to enter in with your whole heart. Kids, you too. These songs are going to be fun and energetic, and I know you have a lot of energy, so I encourage you to enter in. You can clap, you can dance, you can shout, you can probably run around in your living room, whatever you got to do, enter into worship this morning. And then after worship, Pastor Matt's going to bring a, a challenging word for all of us. So just encourage you to open your hearts this morning and receive something fresh today. Amen. Exalt you now with overflowing hearts. And Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We proclaim your power with overflowing hearts. There's only one God worthy of praise. Only one King who's able to save. Only one Lord of power and grace. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus, is His name. Jesus, we praise you, Lord, we exalt you now. With overflowing hearts, and Jesus, we bless you, Lord, we proclaim your power. With overflowing hearts, there's only one God. Worthy of praise, only one King who's able to save, only one Lord of power and grace, and it's Jesus, it's Jesus, is His name, Jesus is His name. We sing Jesus, we praise you, Lord, we exalt you now. With overflowing hearts, and Jesus, we bless you, Lord, we proclaim your power. With overflowing hearts, there's only one God worthy of praise, only one King who's able to save, only one Lord of power and grace, and it's Jesus, it's Jesus,
Father God, we give you all the praise, Lord God, for you are holy and you are worthy, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for what we're going to hear today through Matt's message, Father God. That we'll be challenged, Lord God, that we'll take it to heart, Father God, and that we'll live it out in the coming weeks, Lord God. We just praise you, Lord God. You are such an amazing Lord. Lord, please keep us safe during this time, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey there, Destiny family. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm here to tell you about some things that are happening this week. First off is our community groups. We have a few community groups that are meeting over Zoom. So if you would like to get connected, if you would like to meet more people in the church or just have a chance to see other people's faces in the church, this is a great way to do it. We have a couple of groups that are meeting over Zoom. So if you want info on how you can join those groups, just call the office. Next up is our youth group meets every Wednesday night on Zoom at 7 p.m. We've been having a great time on this Zoom hangout going over the book of John and we're gonna pick up in John chapter five this week. Next up is Celebrate Recovery Meets every Friday night at 7 p.m. on Zoom. So if you'd like the info to that, go ahead and call the church office as well. Finally, Pastor Matt has started doing a verse of the day podcast. This is a wonderful way to quickly get a great study every weekday morning on the Word of God. So go ahead and subscribe to that podcast, and I trust that it will greatly bless your life. Well, hey, if you would like to give of your tithes and offerings, we have three ways that you can do that. You can go into the church office, you can go online and give, and also you can text to give. And we've set it up to where it's really easy for you to do it, it's fast, and it's secure. Well, hey, Right now, you know what time it is. Go ahead and push that share button and let's get ready to receive the word that Pastor Matt has for us today.
Well, good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us for Church Online again. It's so great to be welcomed into your living room, and I've got a great word for you today from Acts chapter 5. So if you would, grab your Bible, open to Acts chapter 5 today. We're going to finish, finish Acts chapter 5 today, so I'm super excited about that. We are making progress as we go through Acts chapter 5 together. I have for you a word that will bless you, that's going to encourage you, that's going to build you up in your faith and cause you, I believe, to continue to live faithfully for God in the season that we are in. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, in the midst of uncertain times, there is a certain thing, and that is your word. You taught us that if we will hear your words and do them, that we are like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. Lord, we thank you that though the storms come and we are in the midst of a storm, that our house will stand, our lives will stand as they have been founded upon the sure foundation of your word. Lord, be with us today as a church family, as we've gathered around in our living rooms around our computer screens, around our TVs, to meet with you. Speak to us today. God, that is our heart's prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we are continuing now in the book of Acts, what we see is that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church, that the disciples are doing ministry. They're preaching in the name of Christ and preaching boldly. There has been some opposition that has arisen. They were already arrested once and charged never to speak in the name of Jesus Christ again. We, of course, know that they've chosen to obey God rather than men. And that's where we're picking up the story today in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. And in this passage, I have three principles that I want to draw out for you today, and we're going to see them together. Acts chapter 5 verse 12 says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people, by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. The first point I want to show you today is that the gospel is advancing. The gospel is advancing. The kingdom of God is moving forward that Jesus is building his church. The word of God is spreading. The church is growing rapidly. Jesus had given this great commission to his followers, to his disciples, to go into all the world. Now, what we've seen so far in Acts is that for the most part, the church has stayed very central in Jerusalem. Yet now the word is spreading, the word is going out, and and people are coming from the surrounding areas to hear the word of God, to have their sicknesses and illnesses and diseases healed by the power of God. 
And the message of the gospel is going out. The message of hope in Christ is going out. And while they haven't gone out, the word of God is getting out. And everyday life in the city of Jerusalem is being totally disrupted and dominated by the work of Christ. So that every morning, those who are sick and lame, they're ushered into the streets, laid on mats, so that as Peter might pass them by, maybe possibly he would touch them, pray for them, and heal them. The whole city is in an uproar. It says that multitudes upon multitudes are being added to the church like never before. What is happening here is astounding. It is amazing and it is wonderful. And it's resulting in more and more people becoming followers of Christ, believers in Jesus. And don't miss this point. This is the point. It's not so much about the miracles which are amazing. The point is that multitudes are being added to the church. That yes, they're having their diseases and sicknesses healed, but more than that, they're having their sins forgiven, their lives transformed, their relationship with God reconciled through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This isn't small numbers of people. At first we saw it was 3,000. Later in Acts we saw it was 5,000. Here it's beyond number because he just says multitudes upon multitudes. They can't even keep track anymore. This is a beautiful thing. People being added to the church at a rate like never before seen. The story continues in verse 17, where we find uh, points two and points three today. And I'm going to read 17 through the end of the chapter, and then we'll walk back through it together. It says, but the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and found them and brought them out. And the angel said to them, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have the apostles brought to them. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. And when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered greatly about them and were wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. When they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. 
The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found on the, you might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And the apostles left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. The first thing that we saw from our text today is that the gospel was advancing. The second thing that you need to know is that when the gospel advances, opposition arises. When the gospel advances, opposition arises. When the kingdom of God moves forward, the kingdom of darkness pushes back. You see, there is a spiritual battle raging every day, every moment, every second of the day, raging the spiritual battle between the forces of light and good and Jesus Christ and the forces of darkness and evil and Satan. And this battle is raging for the souls of humanity, for the souls of mankind. And so opposition should not surprise anyone. In fact, Jesus said in the world you would have tribulation. This is a promise from our Lord. Jesus said, the servant is not greater than the master. If they persecuted me, the master, what do you think they're going to do to you, the servant? The pattern of advancement and opposition at this point in the Bible is well established. In the Gospels, we see that Jesus came from heaven to earth, bringing the kingdom of God. He was opposed by the kingdom of darkness and the agents of the kingdom of darkness. They thought they could get rid of him by killing him. Now risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father, having poured out his spirit upon the church, the church now advances the kingdom of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what do we see? Well, opposition arises. 
We saw this when Peter and John healed the lame man. He began to dance and to praise God and to go around and to shout forth the praises of Jesus Christ who had healed him. What happened then? Well, the apostles were thrown into jail. They were beaten. They were warned. Don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. The kingdom advances, but opposition arises. And we see this pattern all throughout the Gospels, all throughout the book of Acts. In fact, this is going to be a continuous pattern for us as we continue to walk through the book of Acts together. And the reason I highlight this, this principle, this truth for you, is because I don't want you to be surprised or to be caught off guard when opposition arises in your life. As someone who has dedicated their life to Jesus Christ, who has committed their heart and soul and mind to following Jesus, to being a part of His church, to being a part of the Great Commission, it should not surprise you when you face opposition. The apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the power of God. This is what pushed them forward. And you too, brothers and sisters, are filled with that same power, with that same Spirit. And as we march under the banner of Christ, under the banner of the cross, under the banner of the name that is above every name, what can we expect? Well, we can expect opposition. Filled with the Holy Spirit, what we see is that in verse 17, that the people that opposed Christ and his church and his apostles and his disciples, they were filled with something else. In verse 17, it says that they were filled with jealousy. Filled with jealousy. You see, jealousy is actually the opposite of the Spirit of Christ. Jesus, it tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, though he was God, he did not count equality with the Father, something to be grasped. But he made himself of no reputation, humbling himself by taking on human flesh. God become a man. He humbled himself even further to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, the spirit of Christ is not one of jealousy. The spirit of Christ is not one of grasping for something. The spirit of Christ is one of humility. What we see in Isaiah chapter 14 when it's speaking about Satan, how Satan wanted to be in the place of God, that the spirit of jealousy is actually the spirit of Satan. And they have become so jealous of Jesus being led and dominated by the spirit of Satan, the spirit that is at work in this world, dark principalities, dark forces, becoming so jealous of Jesus, they killed him. They thought when they killed Jesus, they would get back their position within the community, their position of prestige and prominence. They wanted the glory for themselves. And here Jesus came and he claimed to be the Messiah and he was leading people not to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, he was leading people into the kingdom of God. They said, we can't have that. So they killed him, but they, they, they miscalculated one thing. There was one thing they did not expect, was that Jesus wasn't going to stay dead. Jesus on the third day rose, and he rose in victory, defeating Satan, sin, death, and hell. And now his disciples, empowered with that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, 
Now what are they going to do with them? Well, they only have one play in their playbook. They're going to plot and kill the disciples too. It says they're plotting. They want to kill them. As their people are now flocking to the disciples, threatening again their positions of prominence, prestige, their own glory. And what we see is we examine the, the life and the character of the apostles versus the life and the character of these quote-unquote religious leaders is that they're very different. It's because they're filled with a different spirit. What we see is that the religious leaders are so inward-focused. They're so focused on themselves, their own prominence, their own life, the, the, their own glory. The disciples, they're not focused on that at all. They could care less about themselves in their name. They're living for one name. That's the name of Jesus Christ. They're not inward focused. They are outward focused. So that even when released from jail by the angel, they go back and what do they begin to do? Well, they begin teaching. They're, they're so concerned about the mission. They're so concerned with what Jesus commissioned them to do. They're not even worried for their own lives. Why? Well, they've seen that God can deliver them at any time that he wants. If they throw them in jail, no problem. He'll just send an angel to break them out in the middle of the night. Holy Spirit jailbreak. They don't have to be afraid. that God's power is so much above any other power, any other authority. They're not afraid. They know that when, when their time comes, that they'll be ushered into the presence of God. And until that day comes, they're going to continue to preach. We must obey God rather than men. So focused on the mission, so focused on souls, so focused on the lost, so focused on preaching Jesus Christ, the only hope for the world. You see, there's no other hope for the world other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that can forgive our sins and make us right with the Father. We see that they're dominated by two very different spirits. It leads them to two very different lifestyles and courses of action. And so the question that lay before us is what spirit are we dominated by? What spirit are we filled with? What spirit are we yielding to? There are different spirits pushing and pressing on us in our lives. Have we yielded ourselves to the Holy Spirit? Or are we allowing satanic, demonic, dark forces to influence us in our lives? We need to examine the fruit of our lives. And that will tell us very clearly which spirit we are filled with. So the first thing, the gospel is advancing. The second thing is that when the gospel advances, opposition arises. But the third thing that I want to show you today from this text is in verse 38 and 39. And I want to read it again. And this is when Gamaliel stood up and he said, look, other messiahs, quote unquote, other so-called messiahs have risen up. When they died, their followers were scattered. Jesus has died. Let's just wait and see what happens to his followers. He says, if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Yes, the gospel is advancing. 
Yes, there is opposition, but our victory is guaranteed. Our victory is guaranteed. As members of the body of Christ, our victory is secure because God is for us. No man, no woman, no force, no demonic power, no satanic influence can stand against us. In the face of every obstacle, in the face of every obstruction, in the face of every opposition, we will be triumphant because Jesus said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Because unlike those who oppose Christ, we are filled with the spirit of Christ and now filled with the Holy Spirit, living in the power of the spirit. Jesus for us, he turns trials into triumphs. He brings victory from defeat. He makes what might seem to be impossible and he turns impossibilities into challenges in our lives. And so filled with the Spirit, we proclaim we must obey God rather than men. And so for the believer, even the fear of death has been removed. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. Paul says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory over even death is promised to us through Jesus Christ. How do you threaten a man or a woman who is not even afraid to die? What can you threaten them with? The worst thing anybody can do to you is usher you into the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, the fear of death has been removed. Fear has been removed. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who leads us in Christ in triumphal procession. And through us, he spreads the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere. Listen, we don't have to live in fear. The fear of death removed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, there will be opposition. Yes, there will be foes. Yes, there will be spiritual forces that, that try to push us back. But we are victorious. Our victory is guaranteed because God is on our side and Jesus is building his church. What spirit are you filled with? Are you, are you filled with the spirit of fear today? Are you gripped with worry, anxieties, and doubt? Or are you filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Listen, don't make room for the devil in your life. Don't make room for jealousy in your life. Don't make room for covetous in your life. Don't make room for grumbling and complaining about small, insignificant, and petty things. 
Don't make room for Satan in your life. Instead, invite the Holy Spirit in. Give him free reign. Give him uh, the authority in your life. Invite him in and let him take control in your heart and in your life. You are called to advance the gospel. You are commissioned by the Lord Jesus as one of his followers, as one of his children, to spread the gospel, to advance his kingdom, to advance the cause of Christ. Yes, there will be opposition, but our victory is guaranteed. I believe that in this season that we are in, that each and every single one of us have unique opportunities to share the gospel that are before us. Yes, the season is full of difficulty. Yes, the season is full of hardship. Yes, things are not the way that we want them to be. Nevertheless, in every season and in every circumstance, the people of God are called to advance the gospel. There are people in your life whose hearts are now open to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord because of the pandemic, because of the economic insecurity, because of the fear and the threat of disease, because of these things. There are people's hearts in your life who are ready to receive Jesus Christ and have their lives and their eternal destinies changed and transformed. So your job, dear brother and sister, is to be praying, to be watching, to be looking, to be waiting, to be willing, and to be bold, to boldly step forward and to share the only hope that exists in the world, Jesus Christ. Be bold. Be strong, be secure, be confident, standing on the firm foundation that our victory is guaranteed, that our hope is not in this life, but our hope is in eternal life. You see, in this season, the temptation is to become inward focused. Just like those that opposed Christ, they were inward focused. But we must not become that way because we are not filled with that spirit. We are filled with the spirit of God and the power of Christ. And so we must not become inward focused, but we must remain, especially in this season, outward focused. Jesus said to lift your eyes to the field because it is harvest time. Why does he say lift your eyes? Well, because we have this tendency to become focused on ourselves. But Jesus says to look up. It's harvest time. Listen, many of you have been praying for your family for years. It is harvest time. You've been praying for your friends. You've been praying for your parents. You've been praying for your son and your daughters, for your aunts and your uncles, for your for your cousins. You've been praying for your friends that you love and you care deeply for. Let me tell you something. Lift your eyes and look to the fields because it is harvest time. It is time to reap a harvest for Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. None of, some of you have never shared your faith before. 
Some of you have never witnessed to, to another soul before. In this season, in the middle of this pandemic, you're going to do it. You're going to step forward in boldness. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, God is doing something in your life right now. He's shaking things up. Things that you thought were important, you're realizing they're not as important as I thought they were. Things that maybe you neglected that you didn't really value as much as you, sh you should have, you're realizing, man, I should have been putting more of an emphasis on this in my life. Listen, God is shaking some things up in your life. And some of you who have never shared your faith before, you've never witnessed for Christ before, you're going to do it in this season. God is changing you. He's filling you with His Spirit. He's calling you to a new season of boldness, refocused priorities as you are now emboldened and commissioned by Jesus Christ to share His gospel. Because fear has been removed. Some of you went into this situation full of fear, but you're going to emerge full of faith. Some of you went into this situation, this quarantine, this lockdown, full of uncertainty, worried about the future, but you're going to emerge, not worried about the future, but with hope eternal. Listen, God is doing a work of transformation in your life. The Holy Spirit is being poured out right now. I know this is unusual. I know this is not conventional. I know this is not the way that we normally do church, but we're still doing it this way. Right now, God is pouring out His Spirit, and He wants to fill you with a fresh fire to share the gospel. And He's going to give you opportunities in this season. And we must, like the apostles and their example before us, we must say, I'm not going to live in fear. Though there may be opposition, I must obey God rather than men. God has called me to be a witness. God's called you to be a witness. God wants to do a work of transformation in your heart and in your family. God's calling you to step out in boldness today. God's calling you to, to leave behind the shackles of fear that have kept you bound to walk out in freedom and victory, and to share with people the hope that you have, a hope that is eternal, a hope that cannot be shaken, a hope that cannot be taken away. I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for calling us to be a part of your church. Lord, in this world, you have not left us alone, but you've sent to us the helper. You've sent to us the Holy Spirit who has filled our hearts and flooded our lives. Lord, today we make afresh a new dedication to yield our hearts and ourselves to you and the leading and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in this season, I know that you are opening hearts to receive the gospel. Lord, there's never a time where we get a day off from advancing the gospel. It's what you've called us to do. You've called us to be witnesses for you. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us. In every time, in every season, in every generation, in every moment, there are opportunities to win people to you. So Lord, we repent for, for missing the opportunities of the past, but we're not living in the past. You're calling us out into a new day, a new day of faith, a new day of boldly proclaiming the hope that we have in you. Lord, fill us with your spirit. We cry out for a, a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit today and that you would lay before us opportunities, lay before us uh, 
times where we can share the gospel with our friends, with our family, with even our coworkers on Zoom. And let us be so filled with your spirit and set free of fear that we step out in faith and do what you've called us to do. And I know that the results will be revival. I know that the results will be an ingathering of souls into your church like we have never seen before. It's what you want. It's what you desire in this season. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Let us not waste it. And let us be found faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a great word. I know it really spoke to me, and I trust that it spoke to you as well. Hey, if you want to share this service, once it's over, it's real easy. You can re-watch it as many times as you want. So go ahead and share that with a friend or family member that you know it will bless their life. Also, I wanted to remind you, right now we have our Zoom prayer rooms open. So if you would like prayer for anything, go ahead and log on there, and we'll connect you with the prayer team. Well, hey, y'all have a great week. I look forward to connecting with y'all again. And until next time, remember that Jesus loves you.